can network without building relationships, but you can't do the reverse. And that, in my opinion, isn't such a bad thing. Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money, business, and life, where we take the time to explore the intersections of the psychology and emotions of money while respecting the math of it. Because, you know, these are the elements that impact your results, your feelings, and your experiences. I'm your host, Jacquette Timmons, and I'm really, really glad you've taken the time to tune in and join me today. So before we dive into today's show, I want to put on your radar the next Comfort Circle Dinner because it is our last one before we take a pause for the summer. Our next dinner will not be until October after this one. It is on Monday, June 28th at 6.30 p.m. And this time around, I will have a co-host, Michelle Warner, the creator of Networking That Pays. And I am especially excited for you to learn about the science-backed system that she's created to help you put relationships first when it comes to networking. Because the way I see it, if you can network without building relationships but not the reverse, let's do everything that we can to get better at putting relationships first. To learn more and to RSVP, please go to jacquettetimmons.com forward slash comfort dash circle. Again, jacquettetimmons.com forward slash comfort dash circle. Now, let's dive into today's show. Have you heard of Financial Planning Magazine? Well, more than likely, no, unless it's the case that you work as a financial advisor or planner or know someone who does, and you've seen them reading the publication. But Financial Planning Magazine is a well-regarded industry publication, and last week, an op-ed that I wrote for them went live. Yay! (laughs) I was very excited. Um, I was really excited because... The editor-in-chief of FPM, as I call it, I met her several years ago, Hannah Schoenberger, and we met at a networking event. And as I mentioned, it was several years ago, and over that time, I am just so grateful because I've had the privilege of being interviewed by her when she worked at other publications, and I'm just, you know, I'm truly grateful that she thinks of me to make a contribution either in the form of a quote or, as in the case of this, to pen an op-ed. Now, I've already mentioned Michelle Warner, my co-host for this month's dinner. Our collaboration on networking is also a result of networking. Michelle and I met through a dear friend of ours at the height of the pandemic, And our shared love of behavioral finance made us instant buddies. And I must admit, I'm a little jealous because she studied with one of the fathers of behavioral finance, uh, Daniel Conahan, uh, Kahneman, I'm sorry, Kahneman. And um, I, you know, was like, well, I met Daniel Ariely. (laughs) 
<laughs> who's another father of uh, behavioral finance. But anyway, I share the example of Hannah and Michelle as examples of opportunities and collaborations that came about because of networking. In fact, my calendar and inbox are full of interactions with people that I've built a connection with or I'm in the process of doing so. I suspect your calendar and inbox would reveal the same, yes? And yet, when I ask most people if they love or hate networking, they frequently opt for the latter. What about you, dear listener? How do you feel about it? Do you love it or do you hate it? I find the negative sentiment about networking truly fascinating, not because I don't understand where it comes from, more so because most professional relationships start with some form of networking. And relationships are one of the biggest secrets to your and my success. So if we start with that as our baseline, what gives? Why does networking have such a bad rap? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. So please reach out to me on Instagram, DM me, hop into my DMs as they say, leave me a voice message or type me one. I will listen or read them all. So I am curious to hear your thoughts. In the meantime, I'm going to share with you a few of mine, courtesy of some networking experiences that I've had. So one of the reasons that I think leads to networking getting a bad rap is that it just feels darn awkward. <laughs> and I, 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 I like to share with people the fact that, you know, I grew up as a single child. And yes, I was that child who would go up to other children and say, hey, do you want to play? <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure, you know, threads of that even exist today as a full grown adult, right? However, I share all of this to just simply point out that being a single child and going up to other people and saying, hey, do you want to play? That just started me out at a very early age and got me accustomed to putting myself in awkward situations. But that doesn't mean that entering a room full of strangers isn't uncomfortable. And instead of wishing that that discomfort wasn't there, what I've learned to do is embrace that it's going to feel this way, but that it will subside. And usually it does as soon as you say hello and get engaged in the conversation with someone. So that's the first thing about networking and why it feels, you know, a little bit or why it has a bad rap is because it feels a little bit awkward. It also has a bad rap because it can feel fake and transactional. I mean, have you ever gone to an event where it feels like it truly is nothing more than a card exchange fest, as I like to call it? Or the more modern version, you know, the latest version of this is when you are at an event and they're like, open up LinkedIn and you start exchanging all of these QR codes and because you're all in the same room, all of these people are inviting you to connect. And to me, that's no different than being, you know, in a, in a where you where you are exchanging cards because you have no idea who these people are. So whether it's just exchanging cards or saying yes to a LinkedIn at an event because of a QR code because you're in the same space, all of that seems yuck yuck to me. And one of the reasons that it feels yuck yuck, 
and why, why it feels fake and transactional is that it is prioritizing quantity over quality. It emphasizes the number of people you talk with rather than the number of people you connect with. And the difference in approach and mindset when you recognize that the number of people you talk with is different than the number of people you connect with, that is significant. And I've reached the point, I don't know if it's because of the number of networking events that I've attended, or maybe it's age, I'm not really sure, but I've reached the point where if I leave an event with a commitment to only follow up with one person, that is success in my eyes. Here's another reason why I think networking gets a bad rap. And it has to do with the inevitable question, so what do you do? This is usually the standard bearer question that occurs as soon as the introductions and the pleasantries are over. And yes, typically only at networking events as opposed to a Zoom call or just a regular old phone call. Yet, whether the question is framed as, so what do you do, or tell me about yourself, it can feel awkward and it can be the reason that networking gets a bad rap because you find yourself fumbling because you don't feel like you've got your 30-second elevator pitch nailed. You know, that pitch that sums up who you are, what you do, for whom, and why. And I always chuckle with this whole 30-second elevator pitch thing because I don't have it either. I mean, really, do you listen to these episodes? Loquacious is probably a good adjective to describe me. Now, I am not saying you shouldn't be able to describe yourself, your body of work, why it matters, why it's important to you, why you want it to be important to other people. I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to do all of that in a pithy way. I am, though, saying don't be robotic about it, which is how so many elevator pitches come across. It's almost like as soon as that person starts talking, you're like, "Mm mm-hmm. They looked at the order of that elevator pitch, and they are following it to the T. So here's my way of uh, dealing with that when someone asks, so what do you do? I simply say, I work as a financial behaviorist, and that's actually less than 30 seconds. But the conversation that follows rarely is. Because inevitably, I am always subsequently asked, so what does that mean? And then we get into it. And that's the part that I really enjoy. And then similarly on their end, I want to dive into it beyond just the pitch portion. So my question to you is, how do you answer the inevitable question of what do you do or tell me about yourself? Another reason that I think networking gets a bad rap is because there are times when imposter syndrome will kick in. And from my standpoint, I'm looking at this more through the lens of people's feeling of belonging. And so sometimes that feeling of belonging can bubble up and especially with in-person events, when you show up and you're the only in the room, the only woman, the only man, the only black, the only Latinx, the only Asian, the only Native American, or maybe a few rare occasions, the only white person. 
or maybe you start to feel a little self-conscious about your own experience and level of success and education or fill in the blank, believing it doesn't measure up to others in that space. And then you have the trickle-down effect of that because now you start to wonder if you have anything to offer because, you know, networking is about giving and getting. And then the space gets even smaller because now you begin to feel inadequate. You begin to feel unsafe. You begin to feel as if the space is unwelcoming. If you've experienced this, then you know it absolutely sucks. But before you go running for the doors and saying, let me get out of here, this place is not for me, check in with yourself. Aside from being the only in the room, which is a fact, the other examples, those are based on feelings. And while your feelings are always valid, you have to make sure that you are attributing to the space what ought to be attributed to the space. Because the feelings that you are having, they more than likely may be more informed by things that happened outside of that event space than what's going on within it. So you wanna be careful that you are not projecting onto this space some stuff that happened in another space. Just saying. But continuing with, you know, again, why does networking get a bad rap? And this whole notion of it's all about giving and getting. My question to you right now is what makes a networking event or call worth your time? Now, of course, that depends on your intent, your goal or your goals and what you need and what you want right now. So let's embrace the fact that you are showing up with a, an agenda and so was everybody else. So was the other person that you are in the conversation with. So therefore, let's not make the phrase, what's in it for me, a bad thing. After all, one of the purposes in connecting is to discover what you respectively need and want and seeing if you are potential channels for each other in that regard. And during the course of your conversation, you indeed each may realize, yes, we are or can be a resource for one another. We do have a resource to share, an idea to contribute, or an additional connection to make. Or it may be the case you don't have anything to offer aside from a welcoming ear. And this is actually what I think trips up people the most, this reality and this reality of, you know, feeling like everything has to be reciprocal in an equal way. And then also, by the way, dismissing the gift and the value of offering or being offered a welcoming ear. Like some could say that that's sufficient in and of itself. But the thing that I want to highlight here is we've got to move from this idea that reciprocity needs to be immediate. And if the other person helps you promptly or you them, and one of you begins to feel pressure to be quote unquote valuable in return and to do so instantly, that really isn't fair to either of you because that reciprocity isn't coming from a genuine place. It's just this feeling of obligation rather than a true desire. So reciprocity isn't always immediate. 
nor is it always direct. The truth is you may never be able to give to the person standing next to you in front of you at an event or in, you know, the other window pane and on a Zoom call or, you know, on the phone. You may never be able to give to them and vice versa, but that doesn't mean that you can't still be generous and that you can't give. For me, reciprocity is about giving where you genuinely can. And if someone helps you out and you can't do the same for them in return, then simply make a commitment to pay it forward by being of service to someone else. The way I see it, reciprocity isn't a zero-sum game, nor is it confined to if you give me something, I have to definitely give you something back. If that can occur, beautiful. But if not, let it be okay if you get something from someone that you then give to another person and consider that full circle. So those are all of the reasons, in my opinion anyway, of why networking gets a bad rap. But they also point to something else and they point to why it really, in my opinion, is important to prioritize relationships over everything. And if saying that, if saying that relationships are greater than everything comes across as being a really bit dramatic, um, okay, maybe, maybe so. But nevertheless, the way I see it, you can network without building relationships, but you can't do the reverse. And that isn't such a bad thing, in my opinion especially when you consider how much you need the help of others to achieve your goals and get your wants and your needs met. It's why I am a fan of centering relationships when you and I network. It's why I believe relationships are one of the biggest secrets to your and my success. It's why we are talking about networking for several episodes this month, and it is why it is the theme for this month's Comfort Circle Dinner. So we're going to be talking about networking a lot. Well, that is today it, I should say, for today's episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and listening all the way until the end. If you'd like to join us for this month's dinner, again, the date is June 28th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can go to jaquettetimmons.com forward slash comfort dash circle. Again, jaquettetimmons.com forward slash comfort dash circle to get all of the details and to RSVP. If you'd like to show appreciation for this podcast, this episode, please share it so we can reach more people. And if you'd like to buy me a coffee, here's how you can do that. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash jaquette. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash jaquette. Again, tremendous thanks for tuning in to today's episode and listening all the way until the end. And until next time, remember, it's about more than money.